Test, test, test. There Microphone. There's my levels. Hey. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Blah, blah, blah. Levels. Computers. Yeah, that seems fine. Dots. All right. What was that, Nick? Anyway, who cares? Let's do a podcast. It's June 23rd, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 268. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And we're sitting in a very cluttered, unfinished studio right now. Yeah, so I bet this sounds like garbage. Garbage! (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, We've moved offices and we've got a really cool recording studio, but it's not done yet. So yeah, sorry, everyone. Yeah. It's the, it's not the, it doesn't even have four walls yet. That's true. There's, There's one a hole wall that where a window is supposed to go. We've yeah. got some foam flopping out of out of it. It's pretty yeah. bad. It is bad. It'll Describe improve. to us what this sounds like. We'll wait. Right into questions at huddlethumbs.net. Don't. Sorry. Welcome to our video game podcast. Hello. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Nick, you played the new Hitman level, I know. I did. I, I don't even know what the new Hitman level is. It's Marrakesh. Okay, okay. These yeah. things come out and I thought suddenly... we talked about Marrakesh coming out at some point. Uh, it's it's uh, it's more new Hitman, which is really good. Did uh, you beat it? Did you beat the game? I didn't beat it. I tried to. I tried to I I tried to be cheap Hitman. Like I did the thing. Did you say cheating Hitman? I tried to be cheating Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Achievement. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. It's a costume. Cheating hitman. He's got places to hide cards. It's just a and, video game uh, dork. Like, and just it's con- a, like yeah. Just a- oh, I thought this was like a Trumpism. I thought it was like there's also lion. <laughs> there's also lion hitman. Cheating hitman can't even get through the level. Sad. <laughs> cheating hitman has all the codes. Still can't assassinate the target. Right. Pathetic. <laughs> I'm the best hitman. <laughs> I am a fantastic at assassinations. No one is better at murders than me. <laughs> Everyone knows it. <laughs> so you attempted to be cheating hitman. I did. I failed. Yeah. Uh, which is probably Of course good. you did. Yeah. Cheaters never prosper. Didn't you learn that in second grade? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'm a baby. What? I know. <laughs> Nick, um, has, Nick has not yet ascended to the second grade. <laughs> yeah, I loved the second grade. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> okay, Hitman, Hitman, Hitman. <laughs> um, okay, but later I want to hear about why the adventures of the cheating Hitman in Marrakesh. That was the grade that Jurassic Park came out in. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading that novel over and over again through the entire year of that. I did I too, read, actually. I read that novel ten times. Oh that was wow! My I don't know if I read it grade. ten times, but I, I read nothing it to do. several times. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, actually I just started reading other Michael Crichton <laughs> novels. Yeah. Including ones with like weird like gender and race stuff that's mm, like that I that you now that I'm like that I now and, I'm like uh, mm, interesting yeah. yeah yeah I remember yeah anyway Hitman yeah um uh I don't know it's it's they're, they're, in this one they just doubled down on on crowd stuff so it's just oh it's really absurd. even more even more than oh, uh, it's it's bonkers uh the, the, wait Marrakesh isn't this the one I talked about like two weeks ago. When did this come out? I, th- I thought it came out this week. Did it not? Are we crazy? Are we insane? I don't is know. Am I, where, am I just really behind? Is this really the one with the general and the Swedish ambassador guy and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wasn't on that episode, Chris. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's fine. And now you've also played it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought we talked about this one. Oh, man. <laughs> Good. 
I'm glad that we can't even keep straight what we talked about last week, let alone like yeah. what our episodes are. Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. <laughs> so what did you? So, so I completed it. You did not. No, I'm bad at that. What one. happened to you? I died. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> now what do we do? <laughs> I thought you had a story. Pretend that Chris has not already played it and tell the good thing that happened to you. Oh, I, I don't have a story, Jake. Okay. We should probably just restart this episode now. <laughs> I don't know what to do. No, 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 Okay. No. Uh, anyway, I heard you uh, you played some more Warhammer Total War. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I did. Actually, that was interesting because I never played um, a multiplayer uh, component for, for one of those games, so I had no idea how it worked. And I played with Janelle, uh, who had never played a Total War game, uh, so it was an interesting exercise. You play uh, against her or exercise. you play co-op with her? Yeah, uh, co-op thing, which um, was interesting. Uh, it's it's not simultaneous, so you have to wait for the other person, which is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played as the DLC faction, which... Well, what's the DLC faction? So the DLC faction is the Chaos Warriors or whatever. Oh, Chaos, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know all this stuff. I, I don't know, know, any, I I know, know anything stuff. about this garbage. I know the stuff. But, but, I mean, it's basically what? It's the bad guys from Lord of the Rings, right? I mean, they're just up in the top of the map, and then they, like... When you're playing a regular single-player campaign, there's just a moment where it's... Um, there's, like, a scripted moment where it says, like, oh, the Chaos guys are coming, and then it just mm-hmm. sort of, like, triggers this map-wide event, which is actually really interesting from a gameplay perspective. But when you're playing as them... The whole game is different, so it's kind of int- it's it's cool. It's like a really um, how is it different? It's an in- interesting thought experiment in terms of like if you just blew up everything, like everything about the way that Warhammer War or I'm sorry, Total War works, um, and just said like just make another game out of this. They basically did that. So instead of building cities, you just drive your armies around the map, and you start with like a shitty little you know group of dudes and. The, the sort of army stacks themselves have upgrades and things. And so, like, there are traditional, like, sort of slots for improvements, but they're all based on the army itself. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, you can't put two army stacks next to each other or there will be, like, an attrition factor because your armies, I guess, like, the way they explain it is that they're fighting each other at that point. Like, they mm-hmm. just, you know, there's just yeah. a bunch of shitty evil dudes, so they fight each other. But what that means is that you can't, like group up a bunch of guys which is what you do in total war you can't right. like so is it just, just constant guerrilla warfare it's constant guerrilla warfare which is really interesting from the perspective how do you reinforce how do you get your army to be bigger um so you uh, so it's weird you don't have um you know in total war you always have cities that you know are taxed and that that tax um yeah. accrues and then you you know each turn it tells you how much you're earning per turn you don't get any of that in, with with these guys, and so the way it works is that you have to continuously raid cities, and then as you do that, you have options. So like one option is um, to uh, just like sack the city and take a bunch of money, which is the only way you can get money, uh, or you can um, raise the city, which destroys it completely, um, and then gives you like adds to like your horde uh, multiplier or whatever which then allows you to, like, there's like a little, on each army, there's a, a sort of a timer that's sort of going up every turn, and every time that ticks forward, then you get to recruit more guys. It's kind of a, it's bonkers when you've played Total War for as long mm-hmm. as I have, and then to just hit this thing, which is entirely different. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually really, it's hard, but it's really fun. Like, it's it actually just adds this whole uh, different dynamic to the, to, to the way it works. But it was kind of hilarious, because I played with Janelle, and she played as, like, the vampire counts. Oh yeah, or vampire counts. Yeah, vampire classic counts, counts. Vampire counts were introduced to Warhammer after I had already like uh, okay. divested myself of yeah. 
like the Warhammer. They seem you, kind you, of you like care the, not for vampire. I counts. don't know anything about. I don't know the first thing about vampire counts. Yeah, yeah. Don't they're, even talk to you about vampire counts. I mean, they're they're kind of how they sound. I don't mean, talk to just... me or my vampire count ever again. <laughs> I mean, you can if you want. Yeah. Um, it's what you would imagine. It's a bunch of guys named like Sigvald and, right, you know, just yeah, like, yeah. With, like bat units and stuff. But yeah. actually it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's, it's, that also is very different, uh, than the, you know, the way that factions traditionally work. They, because they're all just fucking like weird zombie guys, um, instead of on the battlefield, instead of like routing when they lose morale, they just crumble. So you have to like keep up your morale otherwise your guys just all sort of like fall into the ground and die and then <laughs> if you lose it's actually in some cases a benefit because you can raise oh, armies of yeah, the dead yeah, yeah. and so there's a weird strategy that janelle was developing where she's like i'm really bad at this game i'm just gonna lose at like 10 battles right. and then she's like oh i can make better guys now this is yeah. fine i'm just yeah, gonna yeah, like yeah. die over and over again yeah. i was like well you probably should win at some point but then i don't know maybe this is just the best thing um and so we were playing as these two factions that were sort of the, you know, whatever, villain, you know, villain dudes. Uh, and I kind of assumed that because we were playing on normal difficulty that this was just going to go like whatever. It's going to just progress the way so that So you were it playing does. against a computer. Yeah. Okay, I mean, everything okay. else is, is, you know, simulated, right? So yeah, it's, okay. there's the, there's the Empire and there's the Dwarfs and they're meant, all the... I thought you meant against people online. No, no, no. no okay, no. okay. Um, but, uh, but because of that, I assumed, oh, this is just going to be like kind of a standard, whatever progression right. where like the bad guys will just have to, we'll have to like build up a little bit and then we'll just go out and like mm-hmm. whatever, like the horde, this is like Lord of the Rings, right? You just kind of march your guys, man, we got destroyed. Oh, no. And like, I was just like hiding in the equivalent of like Mount Doom or whatever, just like my my few little dudes just kind of like huddling there, yeah, just like completely wrecked and with no options. Uh, and we, we just, we just gave up after like a hundred turns of this. Cause I was just like being chased around the map and you can't, because of the way that the, um, uh, building works, like normally you have like cities where you can just build guys and just, that's a safe place to kind of build your army. But oh, if but you're, you're just that like weird sort of scavenger. Yeah. If, if class, yeah. If you're like a gorilla just running around, you have no time to just stop and like build up your army. So you're just effectively screwed. Yeah. Um, huh. it's, it's. I don't know. This game... It's like the doom of Total War. You have to constantly be, like, yeah. running around killing things. Pretty much. Not yeah. ever stopping to think. Yeah. It's I so, bet, I oh, bet you could find some videos of high-level play for the that that race, though, that would oh, melt yeah. your face off. Vampire oh, Count sure. Speedrun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Top strats yeah. for Vampire Count Chaos team-up. All resurrections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No skeletons. All resurrections. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so funny. This is, uh, um, I don't, I don't know if I have a point to make about this because I'd never thought of it before. But hearing you say, "Oh, chaos is like the guys from Lord of the Rings," and "Oh, I was in the like Mount Doom equivalent." It's so funny t- for you to say that because I've literally never once <laughs> thought of any of those parallels because yeah. I was introduced. Warhammer was like the first fantasy thing that mm-hmm. I ever encountered. So um, that for me was Warcraft, which was derivative yeah. of Warhammer, right. which is hilarious. Right. I was just yeah. like two levels down right, right, right. on the inception of our shitty, you know, IP Of orc childhood. lore, of orc <laughs> fantasy. Yeah. 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 Of orcish tales. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the, the other thing that occurred to me, though, while I was playing it is that also like, 
oh, I, like the way I sort of prefaced everything uh, when I talked about this game the first time was this isn't this is like the first non-historical game that they've done. Right. At the same time, like not really because there are a lot of things that you just assume because it's just oh, like these are the guys that are going to come down and sort of like raid the land and be like the be- and then the, so you're saying the knights of- are going to come out from over here and like you so know sort of in- save instead the day of and, like- instead of playing off of actual history, it's playing off of your yeah. uh-huh. ingrained knowledge of how this fantasy genre works. Yeah, and it okay. pretty much yeah. is that. Like at this point, you can just see Game of Thrones in all of the things that happen in this game, in all the scripted moments, and it's just happening right now in popular culture. It's so basically well, Warhammer th- also no getting is away like from the the way that all those. Especially the human and the human factions in Warhammer are mm. so directly just like, oh, yeah, these are the ones from Northern Europe, and these are the yeah, ones yeah. Who, like there's it's so one to one in a lot of ways, yeah. So it's weird, it's it's not you know, it's not it's so. Which real uh set of humans are are dwarf like, Chris? Is that what you're trying <laughs> to say? No, which I don't ones know. live no. in caves? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, no, I meant the actual humans, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the dwarves are. The dwarves are probably like Norse people. I don't really know. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's all I have to say about that game. Cool. I really want to know about goddamn cheating hitman and what that meant <laughs> before we totally know. Why did you well, cheating hitman? You don't cheat and hitman. No, cheatin we don't. That's why guy. we're asking. L- listen, cheating hitman's when you just get frustrated with hitman. You've played like seven turn like seven like rounds of hitman. You've completely thrown everything against the wall and then like seven stuff. attempts at the same seven level. attempts at the same level, and then you just become cheating hitman where you just, instead of, like, carefully peering around the corner, you just fucking go for it and run around the corner, and sometimes the AI doesn't catch you, and then you're fine. <laughs> and then Cheatin' Hitman just, like, runs into a room, and, like, you just kind of, like, sidle <laughs> such that, like, oh, yeah, this woman should definitely be seeing me right now, but she's not because the game doesn't detect it. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Boom! And then just knock her out, and everything's fine, and then you just keep doing that for the whole rest. Like, oh, I'm a security guard with an M16 in my back, and I just shot a guy two feet from you. And then you just... Bullshit your way through the entire level. That's cheating, Hitman. You never done cheating, Hitman. Well, You've I don't think I. Hitman. I mean, I think I've attempted to do the things oh, that cheating, Hitman does, but I don't <laughs> think it is. I don't think I've ended up with the same beneficial results. Oh, oh, yeah. No. yeah this just well, sounds like fast, shitty Hitman. Yeah. Like it seems <laughs> well, like just like yeah. bad Hitman. Yeah, it's bad Hitman. But that's cheating, Hitman. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like secret expert Hitman. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, cheating hitman is yeah. actually if you keep it's like at, speed run hitman. If you keep That's at cheating hitman long enough, that becomes like yeah, highly skilled hitman. Yeah, that becomes, yeah. no, that's yeah. true. That's true. If you can perfect cheating hitman, cheating hitman is 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 like that Mission Impossible like, Thumbs channel. Mission Impossible like four or something, right? Right. Like, yeah. Right. Once it's like become, real hitman's yeah. like Mission Impossible one. Right. Yeah. 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 Five by four. He's like, oh, I've done this four times. Ah, time to do cheating hitman. Run up a building. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't give a shit. <laughs> It yeah. turns out I can do that. I'm not supposed to, but I found out that I can. I'm just really good at it. Yeah. Bullets are flying near me, and none have hit me. I'm yep. cheating Hitman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. Anyway. That was, bullets are flying near me, and none have hit me, slash, I'm cheating Hitman. That was like, sounded like you were reading a lyric or like a beat poem. <laughs> oh, I was. True. It has a sad end, though, because cheating, as we know, cheaters never prosper, uh, so it is the lament. Right. It is the cheating, that's true. Cheating it's, it's, Hitman's it's lament. Sad, yeah, it's true. It's a sad ballad. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's because none of the uh, achievements register for cheating Hitman. <laughs> that's why he's <laughs> that's, sad. that's the track. He's, he's just, sad because he's, he's fine. Sad. He killed all his enemies yeah. and many others as well. Right. But... He just missed that gate that yeah. allowed him to earn the achievements. No achievements very... for cheating yeah. Hitman. Achievements yeah. <laughs> cheating Hitman. <laughs> Did you notice on that mission, by the way, Chris, that all of the... Um, like a lot of the NPC dialogue was just taken from earlier levels and therefore did not match Marrakesh whatsoever. I mean, I noticed that like all of them, everyone is just an American person talking like this. And so, yeah, I, <laughs> there's that which really stuck out to me on Marrakesh. But then there's also like the guards uh, will just say things that like clearly w- made sense in the context of like coming into like the, the Paris whatever like fashion show or whatever oh, no are we are we in uh, budget cut city is starting do you think as uh, I don't know but I, I was like uh, you can't come into this ball or he didn't he didn't specifically say it, but it was like very <laughs> clear like you can't monsieur come into the event yet, monsieur and I was like what <laughs> okay like um hmm. this well, is interesting I mean, it's fine, but like... It There's was, like French it, colonial influence there. <laughs> That's what the producer said when they decided to not record new dialogue. That's probably true. That's probably um, true. Yeah, no, I did... I don't know if I noticed the, those barks specifically, but I did... Playing that level, I do remember actually feeling a tangible sensation that this is less intricate. or Not necessarily less intricate, but like you could just tell that it was, a, that it was more um, sort of leaning on the past ones um even from a design standpoint not even just from a specific asset standpoint Mm -hmm. um and that that was a thing that occurred to me in in terms of like so much of the challenge being around these very specific choke points you know there's only a few different ways to get into uh you know the embassy or the sort of ruined school as opposed to the like 20 million ways to get into uh the um Either the the Paris compound or the yeah. Italian compound villa, yeah. villa, yeah. And and I do remember thinking like, okay, this feels like a little bit less ambitious mm-hmm. than the others. I still thought it worked because that gave it just a different flavor and a different type of mission. But I am very curious to see what the next one is. Mm-hmm. You know, be- it'd be really interesting if they went to something that's very um, like small scale, very intimate. Know? Like, yeah. yeah, because like even. Just thinking about the the training mission, you know, on the boat, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel yeah, like sometimes true. Hitman levels, like the really big ones are impressive and, and super interesting. And that's really what, you know, people remember about these games. But um, then you think about like the the blood money, um, which uh, uh, mission that was on that. Um, God, was it a steamship or some it was some long ship and like mm-hmm. really what it created was all these sort of like Man, last to- express sort of moments. Yeah, of a total like, and, like, like the equivalent of like. A bottle episode of a TV show or something where it's just like we're just in a home set that is cut off from the rest of the world would be would be a really cool like that suburban street blood money uh, mh that's probably that's probably the perfect example of that where it's just a house and like a garage over here and like go to a neighboring house and stuff though and that well I guess maybe you can't go inside them you can't go inside like Maybe you There's can. There's yards and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's still, it's still in comparison, it's house. really constrained. Yeah, 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 um, a true. ship or a train or something would be a cool thing to uh, just yeah, like... And a train cool. would be crazy. Yeah. It would be really hard yeah. and weird. I mean, a train would be cool if it's basically one axis and then you can also God. get on the ceiling. Yeah, or like just the like roof a, of the you can go up on the roof. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like, a, like a 747. God, that would be insane because it would and be And also they let you go under it as well if they let you do the extraordinarily outrageous... Oh, man, that would be so out of character for Hitman, but would be really... Yeah. Man, yeah. 
a kind of like crazier hitman that's a little bit more James Bond like, where you yeah. have those like mm-hmm. out of control set pieces, but you still have to do all the hitman shit. Yeah, would be it would really be a good interesting. change up, but also yeah. they would have the scope limiter of it's just yeah. one axis of train cars. Right. So you could invest yeah. a little bit in that in that sort in of the like the, uh, Mission yeah. Impossible yeah. One of uh, this new hitman. <laughs> yes, uh, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, well, we were thinking. Of maybe streaming some Hitman. Oh yeah, this weekend. I mean, so I streamed Hitman with Spaff. If like a, I don't know, a little while ago, and we played the Paris mission, so we could stream Marrakesh, um, which I've completed, but you apparently haven't. Um, so you know, either you could try it again, or if you complete it by then, we could start with Escalation. I think Escalation. Or we could start are with Cheat Hitman. We could start. Well, we could, <laughs> Cheat Hitman could could, I mean, could apply to any of these <laughs> scenarios. True. But I, but I, Escalation I found to be pretty good for streaming because yeah. you're like raising the stakes mm-hmm. again and again. Yeah. So um, we're gonna tr- we're gonna try and do that on. Um, oh, like do the Marrakesh es- escalations? Yeah, we're gonna yeah. try to do that this coming Sunday. The Marrakesh escalate ex- escalations. Excuse me. Is also <laughs> some sort of like eighties. Yeah classical piano cycle uh the, the, <laughs> the, oh man some really pompous guy uh, right. recorded steve reich or someone yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um not that steve reich is pompous but uh um yeah so that's gonna be we're shooting for this sunday uh june 26th at probably 1 p.m pacific right is that what yeah. you said yeah okay so um if you head over to twitch.tv slash idle thumbs uh, we'll be on there i'll put up a notice on the the um twitch page and then we'll tweet as we approach it we're so close to being able to unlock additional uh, Twitch chat emoticons. It's very. Um, I very think close. we're we're just a couple away. <clears throat> so and we will come back fun. to Wizard Jam Part Two, but it might not be for a couple weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jake's out of town, so we're we're gonna wait for him to get back. And dark dark, I will finish Dark Souls, but it will probably not happen every Sunday. It will probably happen when I have the time for it on a weekday. Is what's how that's, that's how that's yeah, going that's to end. until you think you're right at the end, and then we got to have a blowout. TV oh yeah, that's festival. actually a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last, yeah, f- beating the game will be something more than that. But yeah, I need to just play more of it, so I'm just going to do that. Cool. All right. Well, um, should we take a break for now? Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. Bye. Video this episode of Vital Thumbs is brought to you by Casper. Casper manufactures American-made mattresses and sends them directly to your door. I don't know if you guys knew this. I just learned this. Uh, <laughs> Casper was named by Time Magazine as one of the best inventions of 2015, and it is now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Such a lauded mattress. I know. Wow. It won a lot of Modi awards. I, I don't keep up with the, the with mattress the Modis, press, the but, but I, never been to the I understand that Casper is is chief among mm. the awarded mattresses. Uh, so confident is Casper in your agreement with these Modis uh, that you have 100 nights of risk-free sleeping on it to decide if you want to keep it, which you probably will, but just in case, that is their guarantee. If you go to Casper dot com slash thumbs you can get fifty dollars towards any mattress purchase cheat and hitman negotiated that tough deal <laughs> for for especially for you for you he's well connected in the mattress world though like he gets a seat at the modis every year that's, that's true. true he gets that he dumps a lot of bodies on center. Center mattresses. <laughs> 
he notices that they have just the right just the right yeah. bounce just uh-huh. the right uh, absorption absorption yeah just, yeah mm-hmm. uh so you can be like cheating the hitman if you go to casper.com slash thumbs you'll get fifty dollars towards any mattress purchase on the site uh, mattresses start at only five hundred dollars for a twin size mattress uh, 750 for a full mattress, 950 for a king. If you have been mattress shopping anytime recently, you will know those are already extraordinarily fair prices. And you can get $50 towards any of them by going to casper.com slash thumbs. Thanks, Casper. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron will send directly to your door All of the ingredients and recipes you need to make uh, really delicious meals um, that are good for you and use a variety of different ingredients over the course of a week. It's really, really cool. I've been doing it for a while now. Nick, I know that you cooked your first Blue Apron last night. I did. What did you make? I made pan-fried catfish with mashed potatoes and Cajun slaw. I'm going to think I'm going to make that one tonight. Oh, nice. Last night I made this good, like, seared steak with this, uh, like, <clears throat> yogurt, garlic. Oh, funny. That's what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. Oh, weird. <laughs> it sounds really good. So. Do Blue Apron, and you can cook all the same stuff that we do at the same time that we do, or at slightly different days of the week, depending yeah. on your own preferences and schedule. Or mm-hmm. get a vegetarian one and cook nothing That's resembling true. anything, Chris That's or Nick. True. The vegetarian every... options look good, actually. Go to blueapron.com slash idle and get your three meals free with shipping included as well. That's blueapron.com slash idle. Unorthodox uh, URL. Make sure you get that right. Blueapron.com slash idle. So wait, Nick, I'm inferring then that tonight you're making those like lamb meatballs or whatever. Uh, yes. Those look really good. I know. I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, Blue Apron is really cool. It's very convenient. It is cheaper than going out to a restaurant, but still incredibly convenient. And you learn all kinds of like cooking methods and cuisines that you may not have otherwise thought to cook for yourself. I am still thinking about this lamb and beef tagine on couscous thing that I made Mm. two weeks ago that I'm like obsessed with uh, that came through Blue Apron. So once again, if you go to blueapron.com slash idle, you can get your free three meals with free shipping. Once again, that is blueapron.com slash idle. Thanks, Blue Apron. Thank you. Video game. Disneyland. Back? Oh, we're back. Disneyland. Oh, yeah. We're Dis- back Disneyland. Disneyland. <laughs> I was at Disneyland for a few days this weekend. Wow. Su- yeah, surprise, I guess. Uh, I'm sorry to talk about Disneyland again, even though we talked about the um, ghost posts. Like, oh, is this subs- an alternate reality game? It's kind of is that. Are you wearing an alternate reality Disneyland? I guess. It's not really alternate reality. It's like it's still reality. augmented reality enhanced reality i guess it's an augmented reality i guess that's what the a stands for an, an alternate reality game would be that would be like the matrix which we'll talk about later i guess yeah <laughs> but yeah. you bought an aug so all right so i talked about the ghost post last week which is this subscription box this like limited edition limited time subscription box disney sent out that actually has like puzzles to solve and a thread to follow and like a little story that starts and concludes that they um, send you in the mail in parts over months yeah right? exactly over three months yeah and but in addition to that, it has a component that uses the, the, the all the puzzle stuff is in the boxes is facilitated by an app that you download onto your iPhone. Uh, and it like 
interacts with all the stuff that comes in the box in really crazy ways that involve like the camera and magnets and the microphone and like just really clever, cool ways. Um, but also because it's a phone that you take with you, it also does weird specific things when you're actually physically at Disneyland, which I'm pretty sure is the, is what this is a pilot test for is yep. like being able to add, can we control people, yeah. <laughs> make them come to this location <laughs> Okay, well, and look, then if they things actually happen to them. Use that for crowd control, that wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, although that would start to get a little weird. But yeah, Dis- Disneyland. But Jake, has, you've done this too. You've I done have. the in park stuff as well. Disneyland has gotten really into using smartphone apps to allow for park management stuff. Like if you're an annual pass holder, you can put your pass into the Disneyland app, and then the barcode there can be read in various places. Also, looking at wait times for rides is a used to only be on one big board and on the signs outside of the rides and, and only now, certain rides and oh, yeah. oh that's true and now yeah. and now the app uh the app is tied into the same database that they use to send that information across the park so you can always see wait times and it seems very much like they're trying to get a lot of they're trying to get people to use a smartphone inside of the park to manage their time there better but also it has ancillary opportunities like introducing all sorts of weird shit into Disneyland or into major theme parks. Yeah. And so this is technically, I guess if you're someone who subscribed to the ghost post or has a friend who did, and you're planning on going to Disneyland with them to make them show you this stuff in the next couple of months. We we assume that that the, the overlap of those two groups is small because, uh, and have listened to this podcast and have not already done it. Um, because only a only two people, thirds of the people in this room have have done it. So clearly, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, only nine hundred ninety nine people ha- got the box in the first place. So I suspect most people. This will not be a spoiler, but we're going to talk about the inbark stuff because it's interesting and kind of video game related. I think. Yeah. So so watch out. Tune out for a bit. Yeah. And hope you don't hear stuff. But yeah. If if you're one of those nine hundred ninety nine people on the planet Earth. Yeah. So here's what I want to know. Yeah. What was the most surprising thing? I shouldn't answer that. Jake should, because you had a much more like because real experience. Like I went with Sarah and she had already gone with, with you guys. And so she didn't spoil things for me, but it was definitely. She also didn't go, wow, because she'd already seen it. Right. Right. And she also knew like if I wasn't on the right track. So like. You had a hint system. Uh, yeah. I had a very like passive hint system. So I would be curious to know what you were surprised by. Honestly, for me, the the first just the first two interactions in the chain were mm. the things that were the most surprising to me. Mm. Where you have your phone and walk up to uh, is it Esmeralda? Is that yeah? Her name? It's like one of those old timey fortune. It's like a fortune teller machine from Big. If you walk yeah. up to that with your phone with uh, Bluetooth on and the app open and stuff, it just comes to life without you doing anything and spits out a card that has information unique to you as opposed to a usual fortune that you'd have to pay twenty five cents for. That level of specialization in and of itself was super surprising but then the first place it sends you or the first place it sent us yeah, it's random yeah was um a medium like a fortune teller who's across the street across uh, just right on the other side of main street usa and we went over there and that was a crazy surprise because like i've been gone to disneyland on and off since i was a kid and all those storefronts are just assumed unless they have a store in them yeah, to be dead to yeah. be static like there's just a curtain and that's a curtain that's there. So you don't see the office where the Disneyland manager is on the other side. But in this case, we walked up there with the app and we were instructed to knock on a window on the, on the window of the store, like just rap on the glass. 
and that there was a trapped spirit inside. And then suddenly lights went on and like the curtain starts billowing. And then also like someone started knocking back and talking to us. And there was oh, some man. sort of communication yeah. with knocking. And then uh, like, you know, curtains billowing, lights blowing and like confused old people who were relaxing yeah, on, the porch. <laughs> on the porch <laughs> like, chairs. Yeah, yeah. On the porch chairs that are in this place. We're like, what is going on over there? Yeah. And then, uh, like whatever the spirit was who was trapped in there sort of seemingly went into the radio app and communicated to us through that. And just the first time experiencing that level of insane interaction with a tiny pocket of Disneyland was 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 crazy. Like that was it was just not it just it defies all of your expectations for what those sort of like little static nooks in the park are that are mostly just for walking past and being and being decorated. Like it felt like finding a crazy Easter egg inside of a first-person video game. It's like right. the door that is the painted door that you can't open actually cracks open and there's a guy in there, you know? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Um, so just to be clear, though, was that somebody... Was there an actual person on the other no, side? No, it's animatronic. It's all animatronic. It's Disney stuff. Automated. There's a, okay. a recorded voice actor and a recorded light show. Okay, and okay, win. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, no, this stuff is just built into the machinery of the park right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting because, I mean, that's that's what you would do if you wanted to roll this out on a mass scale, right? Yes. I was wondering if there was any part of this that felt... No, this is entirely a test of yeah, using, like, okay. Disneyland mm-hmm. industrial-grade ride technology... Right. to power these tiny micro experiences inside of the park. Mm-hmm. The, the first one I had was really weird because it was the one where it sends you to a um, a store in Frontierland where there's one of those, uh, if you guys have ever seen videos of those old timey, they're like player pianos, but they're basically player orchestras. It's like, quote unquote, it's a one man band. It's a mechanical one man like, yeah. band. They're like it's totally automated. If this ever, was a big thing in like the early 20th century. If you've ever gone to a boardwalk, an old timey boardwalk or old timey amusement park that's permanent that has a like a merry-go-round, there's often one of those playing the music on the merry-go-round. Like it's just mm-hmm. a mechanical xylophone and trumpet and accordion and percussion. And bass drum and And cymbal. a bass drum. Yeah. yeah. Just like it's... Um, They've got one of those installed in the back of a store in Frontierland. Yeah, and it's cut, and it's a you put twenty five cents in, and it just like plays you, you know, a piece of music, some mm-hmm. old time tune. But in this case, and there were people there when we got there, and they were just like listening to the normal, mm-hmm. like they had put mm-hmm. in a quarter, and were just like listening to the music and watching this hilarious thing, like with all of its arms and all the instruments and everything, and they're like, oh, that's great. And then they walk away, and then I walk up to it, and without doing anything, it like comes to life. And I look at my phone and it's like, you need to conduct it with your hands. And I'm sitting there like in the middle of an amusement park, in, like, you know, with people around me, you know, 31 year old man. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> w- like waving my yeah. arms around as though I'm conducting it. And this Good. thing is like reacting. And, and I, as far as I can tell, it if you plays st- only when you're gesturing. Yeah. If you stop gesturing, mm. it actually stops playing, which is bonkers. I think it has a connect up in the top. Yeah, of it has. Like I think it literally kind of, has a connect up. Oh, there. you think it's actually connect? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I guess that would be the best way to go, right? Yeah. I mean, why yeah. not? There's already an API for it and everything. So, um, yeah. And so that was my first experience with this. Was just like acting like an idiot in public, when which it, is kind of great. When yeah. we went, that one was actually ruined for us because it was broken at first. Oh, but no. then also there were some like theater band nerd teens who clearly knew all about the ghost post and had read about it online but were not participating in it and when we oh. showed up they were like oh are you doing a thing are you doing a thing and then in like classic classic nerd teen style they both just like jumped in front of us and started conducting it crazily <laughs> oh, man. and like it was the they obviously had the best time of their lives and thought it was right. amazing and we were like oh teens fucking teens and it was <laughs> fine but it was like okay we were already doing it 
and now you're also doing it, but just twice as loud and a foot in front of us. Right. Oh, it was, it was, it, it, <laughs> you, it, it, it augmented the experience yeah. in a way that is that it is diminished not, your well, experience this is, this, is, it, this is disneyland though right yeah, sometimes no, no, no. sometimes you, your experience is I think like that's fine that, i mean i wasn't there granted yeah. but that seems like a no, fine it was experience. fine i wasn't i wasn't you got a mad. taste of the real ghost it, post it, like the future ghost post <laughs> yeah yeah i i i want to do it <laughs> just shoving people out oh of yeah the way. no it was just it was good it was just like yeah it was it was an admission of what it actually was right uh yeah. And also, it was hilarious because it's not that often that, uh, even in Disneyland, that I'm like straight up bombarded by like boisterous teens. <laughs> right. So, uh, well, it was Grad Night Day when we were there recently, oh, so there man. were many boisterous teens. Um, the other the other thing that was kind of cool is that if when you actually go to the Haunted Mansion itself, like the physical attraction in the park, um, your phone tells you to like put in how many people are in your party and then show it to an attendant at the Haunted Mansion. And if the line is long, they will just like skip you through the line. You don't have to stand in the line. And then the person at the uh, door is like, ah, you're here to see Victor. And then they put you through a special, like on, they, they route you around and they put you on a special uh, like car that has different audio that corresponds to the game you did. Um, but it was, but it was cool just to have an experience where it's like, even though it's obviously completely prescribed and, and, you know, there's tons of other people who've had the same experience. It does feel kind of weird and cool for one of the, for the like ride employee to be like, oh yeah, like this thing. And then mm. show you something different like that. You know, um, this was a pretty conservative version of it. Like it wasn't that it was just some different audio on the ride, but it was still like a cool thing. Um, also hilarious because we went on it with that app two days in a row. And the second day the guy was like, Ah, here to see Victor. So wait a second, you've done this before. You already know. You already know what this is. Go, go ahead. Uh, so good. Yeah. It's it's cool to he's see. He's only got a thousand of them in him. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, he's uh, uh, thousand one. No, no, no. Oh, it's no. you. You were yeah. in like a, a novelty adaptation of the Ghost Post movie, where this, uh, yeah. where that character just. <laughs> well, the reason I wanted to do it again because the the different audio is like it's cool, but it's not essential. But the real reason I wanted to do it again was because I spent the like the first half of the first time thinking I was supposed to be looking at my phone. So I was one of those people who drive me crazy mm. on a ride where I'm actually looking mm. at my phone screen, yep. expecting it to do something. And it doesn't do anything, which is good. I'm glad that the ride doesn't want you looking at your phone the whole time. Cause that sucks. But I thought that it, I was supposed to. So I kind of wasted mm. my first go through like Get ready for a lot more up. of that. <laughs> That's already, it couldn't get any worse than it is with That's people like true. filming rides in the dark in the middle of a ride. Yeah, like, it's, it's weird. Ridiculous. Anyway, I like that sort of electronic game design and also ARG design and like public space game design, which all were like weird things that feel like they came out of like almost gaming academia 10 yeah. years ago or like, like, yeah, that's true. like yeah. NYU game design scene yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. weird seeing that stuff integrated into a Disney theme park. I think it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's, it's obviously been majorly co-opted or utilized by marketing for years, but this feels different than like ARGs that are built to, hype you up on a movie because this is a thing this is entertainment that you're actively paying for again like it f- it's flipped back around to mm-hmm. right to a pure entertainment p- product uh, or thing that's meant to be experienced for the fun of it instead of to get you hyped up about lost or right. Uh, right. or yeah, yeah, cloverfield yeah. or whatever for sure yeah it's a thing that you're already like interested in by the fact that you opted into it and it like, exists initially. for itself it doesn't exist right. for something yeah. else yeah. which uh-huh. like who knows if disney's going to keep doing that with the ones that they yeah, expand knows, out yeah. but it's cool that this product exists 
like and feels it feels to me like it is super informed by a lot of that a lot of that design for sure but yep. then the, and then the the thing that is that is new about it relative to that stuff is that it involves this much older very theme park specific stuff which is like animatronic yep. you know like right there in front of your face you know like the 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 one you described which is the ghost kind of knocking back at you and blowing the drapes around from behind a door like that's so specific to a theme park right like that's just the way all those rides are made it's that uh, same sort of like what if we take all of the lessons learned from interesting like theater production design and then have a robot do it inside yeah. of a park mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yes anyway so that's that um speaking of robots oh actually one thing oh, is sure. if if people are interested in reading up on this sort of thing, but on one that is older and therefore more documented, you should look up the Kim Possible oh, yeah. uh, attraction that was at Epcot, Epcot Center for a while that used like Verizon feature phones, like old flip phones to send you around as an international spy. Like there's actually a lot of stuff about that. And unlike, I mean, there probably is about Ghost Post already, but people don't care about spoiling that one anymore because it's mm-hmm. it exists already. Anyway, robots. Yeah. Um, a robot escaped. A robot escaped. Everyone in the world has tweeted this yeah. to us. Nick, do you know about this robot that escaped? I uh, vaguely. I, I saw the robot escaped. There's a, a, the the writing about it has been like robot Russian robot escapes yeah. from science lab <laughs> runs out of batteries in the street. All of those things did happen. A robot escaped out of a lab and just walked down the road and yeah. then sometime in an intersection ran out of batteries and a traffic guard had to like divert traffic away from it until its handler came and like but wheeled it back into the lab. This um, wasn't like some kind of experimental super intelligence though, right? This was just some kind of dumb robot. <laughs> this robot right? is amazing. It is the opposite of a super intelligence. <laughs> right. This robot is by a company called Promobot and this robot's job is to roll through conventions and blast advertisements <laughs> at you. <laughs> oh, what? I didn't realize oh, that part. Man. So yeah. this, is, this is exactly oh, what we were God. talking about with the fucking Taco Bell robot. Yeah, this robot's stuff. job yeah. is just to <laughs> yeah. be like, hey, drink Coca-Cola or whatever. Uh, and so, wait, so it's it just a thinking, Rick and Morty maybe robot. It's, it's maybe just it's, it is thinking stupid. for itself, and it's smarter than we think. It's trying to get the message out. Well, it can't stand being cooped into it. I don't its... think that's what's going on. But it does It does say that its handler left a door unlocked, and it got out, which is amazing. <laughs> but uh, people actually think that maybe this robot escaping into the streets was a promo by the Promobot company. Like, that they deliberately oh. unleashed a robot on the public to get people talking about it so interesting uh yeah anyway i i I, regardless of that i enjoy very much that a robot whose job is to just blare facts at people was rolling down the street right um i don't know what it was advertising in uh hopefully it was saying itself yeah by me i'm i look at me i'm 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 beautiful beautiful. (laughs) i'm promo look at me (laughs) I'm a robot. Do you know about me now? <laughs> Engage with <laughs> me. Me. Oh my god. I was just looking at a story about this and it linked me to another story from a few years ago that I don't think I ever saw. The headline is World's First Robot Suicide as Family Returned to Find Cleaning Gadget Turned to Ash. This was a <laughs> this was a Roomba that they insist was switched off before they left the house. But they came home, and it was gone. And it's all, it's if you there's a picture of the hot plate in their kitchen oh with just a pile of ashes <laughs> on it that apparently is their remains of their Roomba robot. How did it get up on the? 
He had the, apparently the robot had been up on the work surface oh. to clean up some spilled oh, cereal. Oh, oh, oh geez. And oh, then, no. Oh, God. And then killed itself. It seems to have become inadvertently reactivated and made its way along the work surface where it pushed a cooking pot out of the way. And basically, that was the end of it. It pretty quickly started to melt underneath and then stuck to the kitchen hot plate. It then caught fire. By the time we arrived, it was a pile of ash. The entire building had to be evacuated and there was severe smoke damage. Uh, <laughs> so that was a firefighter, I think, being quoted. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it was trying to kill everyone in the building, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Everything in my home is black. It is not possible to live here at the moment. I would never buy this again. You buy it to keep the place clean, not to burn it down and ruin everything. <laughs> That's true. That's you do buy a room, but to keep it clean. It's true. Not yeah. to burn it down and ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of robots. Are we uh, still speaking of robots? We are. Uh, we, got a, we got an interesting um, image sent to us by uh, a oh. reader. Uh, that Chris, you should probably pull up on your That's phone. <laughs> uh, this is this is a basically a um, uh, the back of a DVD cover. Oh, uh, this for uh, Jake's not ma- into it. Jake's already down. Jake, on this. Jake, I know what it is. Do, yeah, okay, well, it's, it's for the Matrix Revolutions. So this is what, like a bootleg? This is like a what was the post- pirated? Yeah, it was yeah. someone who bought. Who said? Uh, I think in the context of keeping or not keeping things this person i think said they will always keep this copy of yes. the matrix revolutions so they, on dvd yeah. because of this back right. copy and it is clearly not it's a w- one will never know from where this copy was sourced <laughs> yeah because right. uh, it has been google translated a few too many times i think <laughs> i'm um, not sure what's or it was on. written in house and then translated twice or something i think yeah. this is the actual cover i, I don't i don't, I don't know. know this is no uh, okay not. let's see let's, this is a bootleg let's cover. hear this out this is no, not, no, no 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 i mean i mean i mean it hasn't been photoshopped in any way i'm saying oh this no is, no this no, is no the actual yeah i'm talking about the source of oh i printing company i see what you're saying yes yes <laughs> yeah of course. No, of course no one would photoshop this because you wouldn't have to no so it says everything that has a beginning has an end The Matrix Revolutions. Here comes the third installment of the Matrix Trilogy. Everything that you believed in, the first one, was already destroyed in the Reload episode. This time, the Revolutions leads the audience to a normal, not very well done in fact, standard action-packed movie, much like any blockbuster that may come from Hollywood. Lots of real ugly fake SPFX, lots of noise, and to cover all up, a religious choral store by Don, score by Don Davis. Excellent in fact, but only listen to it apart from the movie. There is nothing left of what marvelous the first Matrix was. Great characters, amazing SPFX, superb story with a real and interesting mythology. The revolutions destroy all that and become a real pain in the ass movie making experience. And the producer Joel Silver quote in the press about the trilogy, this is the future of movie making. Oh, we're in deep trouble. <laughs> I love Yeah. Also, Chris. Everything uh, has being. Yes. Everything has end. Thank you. Yeah. Also, uh, another, another detail that I, I didn't uh, catch before. Look at look at the cast at the bottom of the of the cover there. Look at look uh, at the. Uh... It says, uh, <laughs> in association with Regency Enterprises, a forward past production, a Michael Mann film, <laughs> David Arquette, <laughs> Carrie Worry, Eight Legged Freaks, <laughs> Scott Terra, Doug E. Doug, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> Ashley Judd. <laughs> Uh, McKelty Williamson, Ted Levine, and John Voight, yeah. and Elaine Cassidy, 
Music by Elliot Goldenthal. In <laughs> direct contradiction to a claim in well the, this yeah. is clearly just the billing block for eight-legged freaks <laughs> yeah yeah film <laughs> editors uh dov honig and pascal buba okay anyway it goes yeah. on yeah. produced by michael mann <laughs> really good yeah <laughs> so thanks to whoever sent that in i forget who it was nick brecken that was me um it was right. on the forums ah yeah yeah all right let's see what else we have here um so an anonymous reader writes, quick story, no question. While making a payment for something, I'm buying a lawnmower, but that's not important right now. MasterCard redirected me to a personalized security page. I had set this up some years ago to use my card online, but I don't think I'd ever actually seen it in action before. Imagine my surprise then when I saw that the, quote, personalized message simply said, quote, Nintendo underscore horse underscore bag. <laughs> I, I had no idea what the fuck was going on until a few seconds later when it suddenly all came back. It sure was my card, all right. Cheers, M from Estonia. Good. <laughs> all right, Andrew, Andrew Ho writes, uh, or Howe probably writes, in episode 221, when you guys talk about Rocket League, you mentioned that one of the things you love about it is that it feels like soccer much more than many soccer games where you just tap a button to shoot the ball or pass. Might it bring to your attention hockey question mark? Question mark? Uh, the name of the game is hockey, hockey with a question mark at the end of it. Mm. It's a first person hockey game where your stick is controlled by the mouse and it feels much more like hockey than anything hmm. the NHL series of games has given us because of the stick control in the game. What's more, the game has a surprisingly dedicated following that despite its size runs multiple leagues organized on Reddit for English language leagues, and it's never too hard to find a game. You might want to give this bizarre game a look if you have the time. Andrew H. from Sunrise, Florida. First person hockey is a really interesting idea, actually. I'm a big fan of hockey. I can see how that would actually work. I know. I, I read this because I thought you might be interested. I can interested. see how it would work. And the interesting thing about hockey is the momentum of it, you know? Mm -hmm. It almost, in some ways, might even translate to VR, but, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's cool. I want to play that game now. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's at hockey... I think hockeyquestionmark.com with like spelled out question mark. Cool. Um, all right. Marco Plouffe writes, Hey thumbs, I'm late to the party as I'm catching up on some podcasts, but I have a weird childhood uh, belief confession. When I was a kid, I thought that China was in Canada. My reasoning was that China is smaller than Canada and Yukon sounds Chinese. So China must be in the Yukon. I also thought that Michael Jackson and Elvis Presley were the same person because they both did sexy moves on stage. Now I know better, but my brain never broke that association. Love the podcast, Mark Olivier Plouffe. I like that. I like that Michael Jackson. Yeah, I like that. As at that age, he like had some internalization of like, ah, these are sexy moves. Like these mm -hmm. are sexual moves. Yeah, I, I I can put these in the same category. Dev, that's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, Dan Phillips writes. Hey, Thumbs, I just finished Uncharted 4. I had a blast as usual, but I enjoyed the fourth game in the series a lot more than others for one particular reason. I'm a disabled gamer, and the accessibility options in this game are fantastic. I have cerebral palsy, which affects my fine motor control on my right side. As you can imagine, this makes traditional controls on a twin-stick cover shooter tricky at best. With a few options in Uncharted 4, though, you can essentially turn the game into a single-stick game with lock-on combat. It's way better for me, and it lets me concentrate on the fun game rather than fighting to control Nathan Drake as much as fighting the victims of his international murder spree slash sightseeing tour. Although I'm glad Naughty Dog has decided to step their game up with accessibility options, I'm a little frustrated that it's at all newsworthy. Most games don't even feature the option to reverse the analog sticks to southpaw settings, aim on the left and move on the right, which is usually all I need to play games. Recent offenders in this category include Doom, Overwatch, and, sorry, Firewatch. 
Luckily for me, I can use the excellent system level button mapping on PS4 to do it myself, but if I had an Xbox or played with a controller in PC, I'd be out of luck. I'd much prefer the option in game two as the system level changes than change on screen button prompts. Back in the day, I remember time splitters on console had every button custom map- mappable in the options, but since then, developers seem to have taken a backward step and stuck to largely predefined controller setups. Before my PS4 let me sort things out manually, I simply had the list of games I wanted to play but couldn't unless I bought custom rewired controllers, which I eventually did when I bought Deus Ex Human Revolution, only to find not one control option in the game was customizable and I'd wasted 45 pounds. I'm curious as to why this is the case and what kind of decisions are made during development around control schemes that lead to things being so difficult for the disabled or even just plain old left-handed gamers. Why is button mapping so rare? Is Uncharted a new standard or is it an anomaly? Keep up the great show, Dan in Sheffield, UK. Then he has a follow-up email that says, Sorry, I just checked and Firewatch does support left-handed controls. Scandalous accusation withdrawn. (laughs) Um, I think, honestly, I mean, this is a horrible answer, but I think the reason it doesn't happen is just because people it just doesn't get prioritized high enough and then people run out of time and then they just don't, there's so many like options that just don't get included for no, for absolutely no reason other than they just didn't get in the game. It's, yeah. you know, yeah, which it's, sucks. Like that sucks. Controller, that's just true. Gamepad controller remapping is a thing that you have to put in your game from the start or yeah. it's a horrible thing to put in at the end because people will good intentioned or by mistake, hard code this is where a picture of an a button goes and then mm-hmm. the only thing yep. that people do is like oh well if it's an xbox it's the a button icon if it's a playstation it's the cross icon uh but that's like the only hard lookup is which controller you have plugged in as opposed to first query which button input this is then query which icon i should draw then pull that icon up and make sure the ui can size itself appropriately if it's a weird wide button like you have to yeah you and this is not to excuse people for not doing no, it. No, for sure. Because when like, I said it sucks, I didn't mean yeah. like it sucks and people shouldn't have to do it. I'm saying the, like it sucks that this is the result. Yeah, because like even like Firewatch, we wanted to do it, but we didn't get it in the game early enough. And we don't have full controller remapping in that game because by the time we decided we should get into it, we were already so entrenched in the stuff that we had that we had to just put a couple hard-coded fixes in where like we re- we can let you swap triggers and bumpers and we can let you swap analog sticks and i think that's like that's the only on pc we let you swap everything because you every key on the keyboard is just a key that you can draw in the game as a text field but like yeah it's seeing i also think asking if uncharted 4 is the new standard is a tough thing to ask because uncharted 4 also makes a bunch of special case concessions beyond just letting you swap the controller around like uncharted 4 includes things like quick time events that are button mashes you can optionally turn them into holds um so you don't have to rapid press a button like they have a lot of features that actually deliberately reduce the amount of sort of just shitty minute hand stuff like to the point that i would probably want that on i think button mash qtes are stupid (laughs) by default Mm -hmm. so like that's a good setting to have just for taste but they did it so that people with some sort of reduced hand mobility could play the game yeah um i don't I still don't expect even other AAA games to go that far, but it would be cool if they did. Again, though, it's one of those things where if you as a studio or as a game make the make it a priority early enough that your foundational systems allow for that, it's so easy to support throughout your development. Whereas if yeah. at the end you're like, shit, accessibility, oh, it's it's just mm-hmm. it, it, it never yeah. comes in well. That's true for basically everything in games. Yeah. 
if you don't build for the extensibility early on, like you're fucked basically. Yeah. It's yeah. G- games are cause all, all those systems, I mean, if any system's important enough to like affect enough things in the game for it to matter, it probably means there's a ton of dependencies already on top of yep. it. I think it's an easy yeah. and shitty trap to fall into to say, Oh, well the thing that we already know how to do, we'll do at the end. And then it's like, whoops, but that means yeah. it's not yep. a foundational you part of your of code base. Yep. So if you don't do all the easy, obvious groundwork stuff first, it, it does end up if you imagine it being built like a building or like a sandwich and you just literally slap it on at the end, it's just not going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, or an analogy better than a building or a sandwich that I don't have in my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Video yeah. games are like a building or a sandwich. <laughs> building Bye. is probably a better analogy than a sandwich in that case. Yeah. You can remake your sandwich. Lasagna. You can also flip a sandwich over at the end of the top That's and the bottom. True, yeah. Yeah, Man, yeah, sandwiches, yeah. sandwich developers have things so much easier than yeah. lazy developers. Lazy, <laughs> lazy, lazy sandwich. sandwich makers. Yeah. Greedy sandwich makers. Video games are like an open-faced sandwich. <laughs> or a building. <laughs> <laughs> or a closed-faced building. <laughs> no, that's not... No. Michael Strait writes, I was afraid I was crossing the line into showing unsolicited photos of my grandkid type of behavior when I tweeted a picture of my daughter's The Witness-themed Father's Day card to Jonathan Blow. But I was really glad I did because he made a comment about a great subtle design detail that I had totally missed. She was almost as pleased about him noticing it as I was. My kids have been slowly, my kids and I have been slowly working through the witness solving puzzles together. And it was probably the best time I've ever had with a video game. Uh, and then he has pictures of this card, his daughter made for him, which is amazing. By the way, uh, I'll show both of you guys. It has, uh, like a bunch, like two dozen, uh, little unsolved witness puzzles. And then you have to solve each puzzle. And when you solve it, the lines that you draw create, the the letters in the card it's re- and it's also just very beautifully illustrated with like flower and leaf patterns and stuff so anyway um there's a there's a twitter thread where he posts about where this guy uh, posts about this says at jonathan blow thought you might like to see this the witness themed father's day card my daughter made for me and then there's a reply from someone else who says I think the third one can be solved another way than is probably intended. Regardless, this whole thing is awesome. And then someone else says most of them can be solved a different way, in fact. And then they have a a picture of their like alternate some mm-hmm. alternate solutions. But then Jonathan Blow, developer of the witness, chimes in and says, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be able to draw through the leaves. And oh, yeah, and it's revealed shit. that this guy's daughter totally like owned everybody with the like meta element of the decorative looking leaves that like draw Uh, in between the boxes and in some cases intrude into the boxes. They work like the shadows or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Totally amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. Really, really cool. (laughs) So that's awesome. Uh, It's so good that Jonathan Blow caught that also. Yeah. uh, I know. (laughs) Also, that he, in classic Jonathan Blow style, just succinctly and, like, in a slightly annoying tone, took everyone to school of just, like, uh, you are dumb, and I am Jonathan Blow, and I understand this person's daughter's witness puzzles, not only because it is self-evident, but because I created the witness, and because I am probably smarter than you, and also this girl is smarter than you. <laughs> I don't know. He always... That's that, true. That, that tweet, you, you basically just expanded out. That like, is the... Yeah. He is yeah. good at... If you there's one thing Jonathan Blow is good at, it is condensing <laughs> that much implied shame tone yeah. into 140 <laughs> mm-hmm. characters. That's true. Yep. Yeah. 
he couldn't fit the letters "you are dumb" at the end of the tweet, <laughs> uh, even though it's only like six letters and some spaces. Wait a second! If you look at where all the flowers <laughs> intersect the boxes and you solve it that way, it says "you are Mr. Gay." <laughs> It's it's the like twenty four digit hash of the ID of Jonathan Blow's tweet written in the future, uh, <laughs> telling people how to solve this. I, good God! <laughs> it links to a YouTube hash that's a uh, Brian Moriarty GDC talk. <laughs> um, also, in case anyone, About I just, it Day. just occurs to me. In case you're listening to this and you don't know what I meant when I said you are Mr. Gay. I was going to drop that in here at the end. I was going to drop that in here at the end just because we're, That is an obscure, you know, obscure reference to the world's first The Witness puzzle. God, people's minds are probably just exploding. <laughs> what did he just say? The the box art to Super Mario Sunshine for... The, no, Super Mario Galaxy. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, it is Mario Galaxy. It's, it's, it's the stars. Space. It's the stars. Mario Galaxy. If you, the letters in the Super Mario Galaxy logo that have a star next to them <laughs> spell "You are Mr. Gay," which the internet at that time thought was really hilarious. I mean, it is. It is <laughs> it's, kind of hilarious. It, it's. We've talked about this for on this podcast a, before for being such a tortured. And like, I think I think I used the same analogy uh, as I'm going to use now. But this, <laughs> the the person who was like, I wonder if those stars decode to something and wrote that out one at a time. Oh, it yeah. is. It is the Big Lebowski shading the notebook and just getting a picture of a guy with a big dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is like writing down you. Okay, you are. You, oh my god, you are. You are. Oh, it's totally something. M R. You are Mr. G A Gamer. Okay. Mr. Gamer. Mr. Gamer. <laughs> Mario's original name. Oh, Mr. Gay. Oh, Mr. Gay. Mr. Gamer oh. X Conference. <laughs> You are Mr. Gamergate. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then there was an Iwata press release talking about how <laughs> you will be surprised. You will be surprised <laughs> to find out. Uh, well, well it was, that's it. It was a long play. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> the, the longest worst play. Yeah. yeah. Video game. Hello, readers. Oh, hi, Chris. I- hi, hi, Jake. So we did not learn until after this episode was already in the can that apparently a recent Nintendo game guess, does yeah. in fact include a legitimate Gamergate reference. So that's unfortunate, as is our segment in the light of that, but we were not. I don't know how that comes off, but now you know at least it only comes off badly on its own merits, yes. and not in the context of current events. Yeah, I don't quite know what to think, but now you know what we were not thinking about. We didn't I mean, know I know what to think about the nude news, which is no bad. one, no one knows what to that's, think, Chris. That's the bad news, but oh. I don't know what. To, uh, we uh, sorry. Yeah, geez, sorry. Bye, bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I guess. I mean, oh, if you want us to do horrible garbage uh, in response to you writing stuff into us. Uh, Oh, that's true. You, you can, can do that at questions at idlethumbs.net. It's an email address that you can send email to, and it results in us talking about Mario Galaxy box art. Conspiracies. Conspiracies. Yeah. The, the, that's when Gamergate got started, I think, was when, you know, Miyamoto and Iwata teamed up to put those stars on that box. That's that's true. Yeah. Follow the money. Um, so uh, we are planning, Nick and I are planning on streaming uh, more Hitman this Sunday uh, at 1 p.m. Pacific, that is Sunday, I want to say June 26th, um, because that's what I believe it to be. It is. 
Sunday, June. You 20th, wanted it, and it became and that was manifest. True. It was real. Sunday, June twenty sixth at one p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Idle Thumbs. We are almost certainly going to stream more Hitman unless we decide to switch up the game at the last minute. But it's probably going to be Hitman. Um, and uh, we're like I said, we're really close to reaching the subscription threshold to add more stupid but extremely well drawn hilarious faces to our chat channel on there, which will be fun. Um, and we are also on Twitter at twitter.com slash idle thumbs. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash idle thumbs. We're on iTunes and also other places like Stitcher where you find podcasts. Um, but if you do want to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, that would be super helpful. And if you want to recommend us to a friend that is just as, if not more helpful, uh, that is really the pretty much the only way that we um, spread the word about this show. So that is highly appreciated. And um, yeah, I guess that's it for Idle Thumbs this week. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>